Spiral Dial Sci-Fi with a Soundscape Jessica rushed down the corridor after Ant, the smell of decaying flesh still so strong she could almost taste it. Tripping over the loose cord of her fluffy toweling robe, she cursed herself for pulling on the least appropriate possible attire. This had to be the first time she had attended a crash call clothed for the spa. Not that she had any objection to the idea of Amy seeing her half undressed, perhaps she had been imagining the smell. After all, she had been perfectly well a matter of hours ago. She doubted there was any serious emergency here. Arriving at a plain white door with a large red cross embossed in velvet on it, Ant stood back. He looked nervous. Jessica felt a twinge of anxiety at what she could find inside. The first thing which hit her was the smell, instantly recognisable from her experiences on the front line. The odour of rotting wounds was not something easily forgotten. Momentarily, she felt herself back there again, saw the rows of writhing bodies begging for mercy. She staggered, gagging involuntarily before regaining her composure and switching into action mode. Automatically, using procedure as a delaying tactic, she obeyed the prominently displayed signs instructing all who entered to wash their hands and don gloves, apron and mask. The clinical environment was ubiquitous, as always, right down to the snowy white pleated bedside curtain obscuring the patient from her view. As she started scrubbing up, she realised the sheer impossibility of the task ahead of her while wearing a long-sleeved white fluffy robe. A quick rifle through the cupboards produced a pair of dark purple scrubs which she hastily threw on, discarding the robe carelessly to the floor. She drew back the curtain. The sight which confronted her was no longer recognisably human. Amy sat hunched on the bed, gasping for breath. Her delicate mouth was now swollen and distorted, the surrounding flesh disintegrating into shades of red, black and green. She gasped. She grasped the sides of the bed to assist her breathing. Jessica could tell she could not last much longer. Murmuring words of reassurance, she attached the saturation probe to her finger and blood pressure cuff to her arm. The readings were not pretty. Sats 80%, blood pressure 90 over 56. We need oxygen, Ant. Is there anyone else on board with medical training? Ant, 
who was in a chair in the corner, hyperventilating almost as fast as the patient, looked mildly panicked. Jess realised that she was on her own with this one. And just do me one small thing, please. It could be saving her life. Trembling, he nodded. Go find some Vicks. Amy's not the only one who's going to need help with her breathing here. As he left the room, she felt a rapidly rising surge of panic flood through her and firmly squashed it down. The last thing she needed right now was a flashback. Here at least was something she could do, something which could perhaps redeem her from her past. She set to work. By the time Ant returned with the strongly scented balm, Jessica had located the crash trolley, oxygen and ventilator, cannulated, sedated and intubated the patient, and taken a vast array of pathology and microbiology samples, as well as starting initial treatment with fluids and broad-spectrum antibiotics. She had also located the computer, tapped in the login details, which were securely taped to the monitor, and accessed Amy's medical history. As she removed her mask and performed the necessary hand hygiene, she practically ripped the Vicks from Ant's still shaking hands. My mum always told me Vicks was a business. I didn't realise it was this good. He had always known his mum was a medical genius. He watched Jessica's face light up as she pried the tin open, inserted her finger and rubbed the strong smelling gel underneath her nose. She breathed a sigh of relief. So much better. Thanks, Ant. You're a lifesaver. Ant's face fell. Well, you certainly know how to make a guy feel redundant. Seriously, this is important. There's nothing like Vicks to keep you going in a sticky situation. It works for every bad smell you can imagine. Bloody feces, unwashed heroin addict, anything. She tried to stop herself grinning at his horrified expression. Jessica told that she was going to have to work hard to assuage Ant's wounded ego. She's stable. I need to run these samples and ideally, I need some qualified medical help. Where is the ship's nurse? I was told there would be at least one other clinician on board. I don't know where they got that one from. It's like Amy said last night, you're looking right at her. She's the one with bugs eating her face and a giant tube down her throat. Ant must be feeling better as the sarcastic Australian in him had now resurfaced. Jessica's heart sank. Being the sole medical officer in charge of a critical life-threatening emergency was not how she had planned to spend her first evening on board. She hadn't felt this panicked since she had been in medical school. She had to get this situation under control, and fast. Well, Ant, looks like you've been promoted. You're now my chief medical assistant. Congratulations. I'll clear it with the captain later. Now, we have work to do. Where are the laboratory facilities? Ant led her to the corner of the room containing a few basic looking machines, a couple she recognized.
It seemed she would be able to perform the most important tests she needed, as well as a basic culture to identify the bacteria she was dealing with. As she set up the machines, she thought out loud, more out of habit than hope that Ant would have some useful input. This organism is like nothing I've ever seen before. It must be a highly aggressive strain. Gangrene. That's what it looks like. Except for gangrene to occur in a young, healthy person to progress this fast, it's unheard of. Jessica's deft fingers swiftly finished setting up the cultures while her mind raced through the possibilities, half her mind on her samples, half on her patient. She had set up alerts on the monitoring equipment to sound the alarm at the first sign of trouble. Still, she was concerned that Amy might not last the night. She desperately needed to be evacuated. And I'm going to have to leave you in charge. I need to speak to the captain immediately. Can you help me do that? And looked nervous again. The, the captain um, won't want to be disturbed. It's, it's, it's really better we so- if we sort this out ourselves. This is an emergency, Ant, Jessica said bluntly. You said so yourself. Where is the captain? Continue round to the left and go up the spiral staircase, Ant reluctantly divulged. Everyone's in the concert hall, but don't say I didn't warn you. Jessica rolled her eyes. The onboard entertainment must be even worse than she had imagined. I think I can brave the horrors of the band in our patient's best interest. How shall we stay in touch? You'll, you'll need to let me know straight away if she deteriorates. Anne pointed to a piece of string stretched between two drawing pins on a battered-looking notice board. Clipped onto the string were two battered-looking black plastic boxes. What the hell is this? Jessica swore. Well, Anne explained in a perfect primary school teacher voice, you put batteries in it, like this, and then when someone has an emergency, it beeps. Don't worry though, only the crew have the number. She replied through gritted teeth. I am not an idiot, and I know what it is. Is this a state-of-the-art research ship or a time warp? Um, it can be both. Pursing her lips, she grabbed the bleep and clipped it onto her scrubs before making a swift exit. increasing sense of urgency, she once more felt a sense of complete spatial disorientation, something which was most unusual for her. The corridor seemed to continue for an unfeasible length of time. She broke into a jog, then a run, thanking herself for donning some sensible clothing. All of a sudden, it opened out into a large purple velvet-lined chamber and a white wooden spiral staircase at its heart. The entrance to the staircase was framed by a large wrought iron, gold-trimmed gothic archway. The words spiral, dial, formed a striking centrepiece. 
On either side, the words entwined with two large iron grandfather clocks which formed the sides of the arch. Pantin, Jessica could not help but pause in astonishment at this unexpected sight. Remembering her purpose, she raced up the staircase, her feet sinking into the thick carpet covering the centre of the wooden treads. As she ascended, she felt an increasing vibration, even through the thick carpet, an insistent tapping, which soon increased into a hum. At the top of the stairs, a deep purple velvet curtain appeared, with two attendants in smart green uniforms either side of it. They protested and tried to stop her, but it was too late. Jess had already pulled back the curtain and wrenched back the heavy metal door. As the door shut behind her, with an echoing crash, she proclaimed to the large room. Can you take me to the captain? I have a medical emergency. The whole room fell silent. A bright spotlight fell upon her. Dazzled, she could no longer see. The light seemed to pulsate as the music started once again. I said, I have an emergency. I need to see the captain right away. Her voice seemed lost in the cavernous chamber, but she could feel her will ebbing away as the sound of the music grew in intensity. The attendants took her by either arm, ushering her into an alcove containing a soft silken hammock. As she looked around woozily, she could see that the whole room was filled with these hammocks. Hers was on the top layer, the furthest from the central stage, on which three musicians were making what could only be described as very strange and very hypnotic sounds. She tried to resist, but could not help sinking back into the soft hammock, which curled itself around her. After the concert, the attendants whispered to her, everything can wait until after the concert is over.
first partly obscured her vision, it seemed to adjust after a while, so that she had an unusually vivid perception of events happening below her. She was alone with the music, and together they occupied an entirely separate place in time. Initially, it seemed that it was the hammock which swayed, but now the hammock seemed entirely still, and it was the stage which moved, enlarging and contracting in time with the music. Once again, 
Tears of joy welled up in her eyes, tears of joy and disbelief. It was a struggle to imagine that someone like this could exist and that such a miraculous evening could ever come to pass, even once in a miserable existence, but surely, must surely be a gift from the gods. She knew instantly that this was why she had come here. She took a deep breath in, as if to check that her lungs still functioned, and flexed and extended her fingers, marvelling at the contrast between her own stocky, calloused hands and those delicate fingers she had seen at work only moments ago. Still, she took in every fine detail of the thickened skin on her palms, feeling the contrast between the toughened areas and the sensation on the parts which had not yet been exposed to the friction of her life. She had not realised that any such delicacy remained in her. Already she could feel it receding as she grasped for the purpose behind her visit. Suddenly, the memory of the smell of decaying flesh reached her, which brought her back to her senses. Amy needed her help. She must find the captain. Shaking her head, she attempted to rise from the hammock a little unsteady it took her several attempts before she managed it she was the only one standing an elderly lady in white next to her was engaged in small talk which she had no compunction in interrupting as she did so she felt the trance dissipating i need to find the captain it's an emergency do you know where i might find them the gentle looking old lady turned to her but said nothing and her eyes and face remained chilling so much so that Jessica took a step back in horror. The lady returned to her conversation as if nothing had been said. Jessica stumbled to her right. She was not sure exactly where she was. The theatre was constructed with many rows, but she seemed to run into each other, and the lighting was so bright that it was hard to see. She realised that the hammocks were reflecting the light back onto a giant circular mirror which formed the external edge of the room. She continued to the right, asking each occupant for the captain and receiving exactly the same response each time, quickening her pace. She rushed from person to person, raising her voice as she went and yet received no answer. Finally she screamed, Will nobody help me? Someone is dying for pity's sake! Every occupant of every hammock fell silent, turned to her with that ominously blank expression and then turned back to their conversation. 
Jessica could not understand it. She needed to get out of this strange place and get back to Amy. No matter how far she had run, she seemed to be no closer to the stage. So she took a big approach and reversed into footsteps and soon found herself back at the entrance to the theatre. Relieved, she rushed through and was immediately met by an even more relieved-looking aunt. Thank goodness! I thought you might not make it out in time! Jessica looked at him in disbelief. And you need to tell me what's going on right now. Amy needs treatment and she needs it tonight. There is seven levels of weird going on here and I don't need to understand right now. I just need to talk to the captain and get her evacuated somewhere they can treat her properly. Jessica, sit down. She protested weakly but Ant ushered her over to a quiet corner of the foyer and sat close to her. Look at me. Not down at the floor. Look at me. I have to know you understand. Lifting her eyes to his, Jessica did as he asked. I know it all seems a little strange right now, Ant continued. You're going to have to trust me. We really are on our own until morning. You saw them in there. They aren't going to get any answers tonight. We just need to keep her stable for now. That's all. That's your job. That's what they're paying you for. But you need to stay with me. You can't rush off like that. All the fight had gone out of Jessica now. Okay. I understand, but you're, you're going to have to give me some answers. I need to know the truth. Okay. I'll answer your questions when we get back to the lab. One of those machines you set up earlier is making a really irritating beeping noise. Reminds me of dinner time. Jessica looked at him in disgust, wondering how he would even contemplate dinner when... It, in proximity, that smell. She felt more herself again. She could feel the sensations from the hammock fade and it wasn't quite clear exactly what she had been so anxious about before. Of course, she could take care of Amy. That was her job, after all. The infection was severe. No surprises there, although there was no sign of a problem in any other organ systems. Oxygen levels and blood pressure were stable, and the girl seemed to have stabilised with the antibiotics. Anne watched intently as Jessica carefully operated the machines. The final result was the culture to grow the bacteria. Jess doubted it was worth checking so early, but given the frequency of unexpected events so far on this voyage, she decided to have a peek just to satisfy her curiosity. Well, the gram stain is positive. Looks like Clostridium perfringens. Except, looking up into Ant's blank face, she realised he likely had absolutely no idea what she was talking about. Are you talking to me? He resorted. Or talking to myself. Sorry, it's Latin. I don't suppose it's something you engineers would have come across down under. Actually, I have now you mention it. Perfringo, perfringer, perfregi, perfractus. Doesn't it mean bursting out? Jessica looked impressed. Ant was glad despite himself. He'd finally risen in her opinion somewhat above the level of the microbes. Nearly, it means bursting through. It's a nasty bug that causes something called gas gangrene. It would explain why her face is so swollen and why it spreads so fast, but there's something very odd about this strain. As Jessica watched the bacteria multiply underneath the magnification, she could have sworn that she saw them vibrate and shimmer just so slightly. 
Each long, thin cell seemed to flicker between straight and curved. She blinked and looked again. They appeared entirely normal. And would you mind having a look at these? What shape would you say they are? Ant wasn't at all surprised that she would ask for his opinion now that he had demonstrated his knowledge of the classics. Typical English snobbery, he thought. Of course, there was only one answer to her question. Looks like rods to me. Still as a statue. Not much bursting through going on in there. Well, I suppose you need to give it some time. While we're waiting, I need a proper handover from someone with some medical experience. Never mind the captain. Can we get hold of my predecessor? And shifted slightly in his seat. Yes, my predecessor, she repeated. You know, the doctor who's here before me? Did you know her? Was it her imagination or was Ant getting visibly flustered now? Oh, right, uh, yeah, see what you mean. Well, uh, she did an excellent job of fixing my gammy toenail a few weeks ago, but that was the last I saw of her. She didn't mention she would be leaving then? Uh, not to me, but then I don't know why she would. And sounded completely disinterested. I thought you were the welcome party. Don't you offboard people too? Ant shrugged. Okay, well it would be extremely helpful if I could speak to her, you know, so see if she came across anything similar while she was on board. She planned to keep asking until she got some answers. You, uh, didn't read the contract, did you? Ant looked at her pityingly. Not this again, just thought. Actually, I did, last night. Well... You'll have seen that there's no contact allowed with anyone off-board. It's a strict rule. No exceptions. Now that he mentioned it, Jessica did recall something of the kind in the advertisement. The vision of the emails she had received from the agency danced before her eyes. Need to get away from it all. Ship's doctor required. Excellent pay. 12-month contract starting ASAP. Emergency trauma background a must. No contact with real life 100% guaranteed. At the time, it had seemed the perfect opportunity to escape the fast-converging maelstrom of her own making on dry land. After only a few short hours on board, Jessica was already starting to have second thoughts, as she sat contemplating recent events, trying to grasp the implications of what had happened. She felt the deck begin to vibrate once more beneath her, and she was hit immediately by a wave of disorientation interrupting her chain of thought. Ant's voice grabbed her attention, rambling on about contracts and contacts and some bureaucratic nonsense which no longer seemed important. She surfaced from her reverie, remembering a battery of routine tests which she had forgotten to run earlier. Jessica busied her mind with the task at hand, thoughts of the captain and her predecessor receding as the urgency of the situation diminished. Don't worry about all the details, Ant, she said. Things seem to be looking up. She's stable right now. I just need to check her over, run a few more routine tests, then we should be good for a few hours rest. Anything I can help with, Doc? And chipped in. Actually, there is one thing I could really use. What's that? He had perked up at the thought of doing something useful for a change. I would die for a hot chocolate. 
All that music had given her an appetite for some reason. Anne huffed and retired reluctantly in search of the beverage. In his absence, Jess checked Amy over from top to toe, turning her and taking samples of her urine. The infected area around her mouth appeared to be subsiding somewhat. Dipping an array of colourful sticks into the urine, Jessica sat back and awaited the results. Glancing down, an unexpected yet familiar pattern caught her eye. At that exact moment, Anne returned with her drink and a touch of attitude. I don't see why you need butler service, Doc. After all, you've only got one patient. Jessica was still staring at the results, double-checking. Without lifting her gaze, she said, Well, that's where you're wrong. He chuckled. I think you'll find I'm absolutely within my rights not to wait on you, Doc. But I'll let you get away with ordering me round just this once. No, I, I mean you're wrong. There's two patients. Anne looked round pointedly. Right, I can see they've been multiplying in my absence. Actually, that's exactly what they've been doing. Jessica held up a short white strip, displaying two horizontal blue lines. Did you realise that Amy is pregnant? <laughs>